Hey everyone, this is Tom here, bringing you another episode of the Noise Brigade. I am here with Bobby. Going to say hello to the to our fans out there? Uh, no, not today. I'm not going to. No. Okay. Well, that that ends the show. Um, <laughs> uh, so last week we recorded our first "What If." Um, we, we were trying to 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 I guess what spin on the "What If" uh, comic book series that Marvel has out there and kind of do our own what if and wow uh we we need to follow that one up today oh yeah Uh, some some big breaking news and we're gonna kind of you know break that apart um so to kind of catch everyone up to speed uh for those of you that listened to us last week we did a what if the wwe was sold we kind of attacked that from different angles didn't we yeah we did there 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 was multiple different angles to attack it from and um you know, we kind of discussed everything and and gave some reasons why, some things that would change, some some things that might stay the same, and some of the things that were leading us to believe that there was possibly a sale imminent. Right. So one of the big things we discussed, and, and this is outside of, you know, who would buy it, or who would run it, uh, was one of the things that we both kind of looked at and, uh, you know, I, I would say agreed on was all the big releases that was more so than what the typical um, WWE spring cleaning was. And you want to talk about some big releases Ooh. today. Ooh. Um, I'm just going to kind of run through real quick the list that WWE themselves released as far as talent goes. And we can kind of hit on each one of these, um, you know, kind of a little side note, um, particularly because I know how much you really like Braun Strowman. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Such a huge Braun Strowman. So let's let's just start with him up top, Braun Strowman. Um, I, again, I I, I I kid with you because I, I I know that you're not not his number one fan, but wow, that's a big name to go out right now. What do you think? What did you oh, really I, think about that one? Uh, so honestly, you know, obviously I'm not a not a huge not a fan of Braun Strowman at all. Um, but you know, you never want to see a guy lose their jobs, uh, especially in the current market. I mean, luckily for him, there is. The wrestling um, landscape has never been better for, uh, you know, as far as different organizations being out there and having um, the money to to sign a guy like him. Um, and he's going to have options, especially with things opening up. It's not like it was last year where, right. last year, you know, Black Wednesday in April of 2020, all these wrestlers got released, all this talent got released and they had nowhere to go because we're in the middle of the, you know, ongoing global bastard that is COVID. And, um, you know, so it was terrible last year. Now, I I mean, look, dude, he signed a deal for over a million a year. That was his, and he has downside guarantees and everything. So I don't, I, I feel bad for him for losing his job. Again, you never want to root for somebody to lose their job. But aside from the fact that he lost his job, you know, I don't feel bad for him. And especially after the comments last year where he said, oh, so now we're going to do the, oh, woe is me. Oh, it's my job. Everybody pay for my stuff. Eh, sorry, Braun. Now you're the one on the other side. Let's see how you deal with it. Yeah, and it's a shame because I know they they came through here. Uh, I say they mean the WWE uh, prior to COVID running a smaller venue. And um supposedly uh, someone that I know, uh, they saw him in public and he was a, a nice 
like a nice person in public. Huh. Um, now this was probably going back to 17 or 18. Okay. So, and I realized that was probably right after his, you know, basically his initial jump from NXT. Uh, so it was in that time frame, And I realized a lot can change in a couple of years because, you know, a lot of that can get to your head. Uh, as far as any kind of the fan fandom, you know, you're, you're making, what would you say the contract was a million dollars a year? Yeah. Uh, making that kind of money. I, I, I mean, it makes a lot of sense um, that it would go to your head and, and possibly, you know, the, you know, and I remember those comments from last year. It's terrible. Um, I, I will say this. I, I'm not a, not necessarily a fan of his. Um, I, I've, I've always kind of geared my interest toward the, the more like athletic, like the Shawn Michaels types anyway. Um, I've always been that, that kind of a wrestling fan, um, you know, as far as the ones that really pique my interest. So the bigger guys outside of like, like Andre the Giant just really never, you know, uh, it was never like, it was never a fascination to me, even when I was younger. Right. The only thing that I really liked about Strowman was that he was like two things. One, he was not really a wrestler. He was a strong man. So it was like different, um, which was pretty easy to be seen early on. Just didn't have, didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, he was, he was very rough around the edges, if you will. Right. Um, you know, and the other thing too, was it was very athletic uh, for someone that big, which I was, I was respected because I always thought that was the coolest thing. And I always look at Vader, for instance, again, you know, bigger guy wasn't like the biggest Vader fan until I got older and I could really appreciate looking back at some of his work it's like wow i can't believe somebody that size can move like that right right and i i've always thought that was stroman but the other thing too was like he was just kind of he 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 had he was given everything and um i think part of his release is and maybe it's him i think another part's like a victim of bad booking absolutely i mean that's the thing like Again, I, it, my my end all be all statement on it is, I never want to see somebody lose a job, whether I like them or not. So I do feel there is a little bit of of um, sympathy for him losing his job. But the the big thing is, especially with all, I mean, you can look at every single person on this list; they're talented as hell. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Let's you know, let's let's get off Stroman. Let's look at the next guy, Alistair and, Black. Yeah, and it's just, it's booking. You can look at the booking for every single one of these people, and and it just blows your mind that they weren't booked better. Hell, I was excited about Alistair Black's new angle. Yeah, yeah. The new direction they were taking him, I thought it was cool. They had done so the the vignettes, the the promos he was cutting, everything was outstanding. It looked like they were knocking it out of the park, and all of a sudden he's off. He's off TV. He and Big E are off TV. And it's like, okay, well, all right, they're selling that they beat the crap out of each other. Nope, that wasn't yeah. it. They just uh, the the writer Vince told the writers to not write anything for him. He told creative there. I was reading an article and they said, you know what? It came to the point where Vince told the writing staff to stop writing for him, and they also said that um, he was told that he was cut for budgetary reasons. Yeah, which. And that, and that's that, that. You know, again, you know, uh, we're, we're our whole concept of last week's you know show was talking about what if they sold, and this was a big catalyst into that. Not this week's releases, obviously, but 
the ones prior thinking, wow, this is a almost like a fire sale to a point, you know, not looking at just the wrestlers, but some uh, off off screen talent and some bigger names too. Um, but looking more specifically at Alistair Black and I, this might be an unpopular opinion. I don't know. This is just, I love the guy's look. I love his entrance. Um, loved his time at NXT. And I, and he actually wrestled uh, the first match. I remember seeing him wrestle in the WWE. He was part of that initial NXT UK uh, tournament. It was like a, um, before NXT UK was his own brand, they had a tournament for that title. He wasn't in the tournament, but he was in a kind of like a side match. And he wrestled under his name, uh, his previous name, Tommy End. And so it was really cool to like kind of get that like initial like oh wow this guy's really cool and then that and eventually they sign him, and he does the Alistair Black character, but my unpopular opinion on him, you know, or maybe some people agree I don't know. I honestly don't think he was that great on the mic, and I think that really inhibited him personally. That's just my my opinion. No, I and I agree with you. I think in his, and this is going to be an, an instance where I actually give creative a, a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a pat on the back because WWE creative sucks just flat out, but they do every once in a while, you know, they say a, a blind squirrel finds a nut, you know, right. I feel like they had done that with his, with this one, with this care, this um, latest iteration of his character. And then all of a sudden he's gone. It was like all this, all of this potential, that you had sitting there rotting on the vine and then you finally figure out what to do with him and he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and it's a shame. I, I, like I said, I am a big fan of his, I love his in-ring work. I love it. Like I said, I was look, um, you know, the, uh, the black mass, like the, the spinning heel kick, uh, finisher. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, especially again, he's a bigger guy and doing, a you know cruiserweight type move um, there and he makes it look so realistic and just so like like it's basically gonna knock your head off um just such a great job with that and everyone you know that i've seen take it does a great excuse me does a great job selling it the the thing that again uh budgetary reasons aside that's another just huge name um so there's two two big big names that are just gone Let's move down to the next one, though. Let's go to Lana. What did you think of this one? Inevitable. And not in the Thanos way. But <laughs> the way that I look at it is Lana's a good hand. She, you know, she, especially from what she came from, she was initially an actress. And she trained and she trained, she trained. She was never the best in-ring worker, but you know what? She was good. And she was good, especially for what she came from and what she was to what she ended up as. Um, but I thought once, once, you know, the former Rusev Miro right. was done with WWE, it was only a matter of time before Lana was gone as well. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I was actually surprised that she was, you know, hung around as long as she has. I almost figured that that was a matter of a contract just expiring um, type deal, or that's what was going to happen because, you know, uh, you know, like you said, the former Rusev, um, Miro now in AEW, he's uh, turned out to have, you know, uh, quite a, you know, quite, quite some, you know, good, 
good time over there now. So it's, uh, yeah, it was a matter of time for her here and uh, in the WWE. And again, and let's put some respect on his name. You know, the the new TNT champion. Yes, exactly. Right. Getting a getting a push there too. So yeah, I um, yeah, good to see. And so we'll be curious to see. I, I wouldn't think it's long before she shows up there. That would only make sense. Yeah, hopefully without the hopefully without the bad Russian accent. Yeah, I don't because see for that. for anybody who doesn't know and. You haven't really been paying attention, or you only saw her as the ravishing Russian. She's from Florida, dude. Yeah, yep, yep. And that, you know, and you know, it's funny though. Um, that accent aside, she was a terrific manager. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, absolutely love that that work from her coming in. Uh, you know, knew how to really appeal to the camera, appeal to the crowd. Uh, and I'm not just talking about it from a looks perspective. I'm just talking right, about right. personality and just really, you know. Um, drew your attention regardless of what she was doing. So, listen, I'm so upset that they broke up Rusev and Aiden English when they had that little trio going during Rusev Day. Oh, I know, I know. That was such a, again, that's one of those uh, angles that is uh, it's kind of like the internet champion, the Zack Ryder, you know, stuff where it's very crowd driven and it's like, you know, yeah, the WWE saw something out of it. They made a little bit of money on it and, you know, it just, wasn't there wasn't their deal so they let it go dude and i'll tell you what you know before before we hang this up too much longer on on lana but when they came down to florida at the house show they did here in fort myers um man they were so over they were one of the most over acts of the night and to see how that all disintegrated and for vince to tell rusev that the crowd wasn't cheering with him they were making fun of him and the rusev day thing was sarcastic no man it wasn't he was genuinely over and you squandered it yeah so. yep and i and, and and you know and it is what it is um but yeah let's uh let's move on to um murphy um who used to be buddy murphy yeah formerly known as buddy murphy <laughs> who wrestled in a tag team and a first my first introduction to him was an nxt with um uh, what, him and Wesley Blake. Yes, and I and I'll never forget. This always sticks in my head. Uh, an Enzo Amore promo. Uh, you and that frosted flake, Wesley Blake. <laughs> <laughs> it just always sticks in my head. Um, you know, because those those were kind of to me like the glory days of NXT. Because you had people like you know Murphy and Blake. You know, there was an excellent tag team. Right, and uh, you know they 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 worked for their push. Like they were on it week in, week out, just doing these fantastic matches. And, you know, they finally worked their way up. And, um, you know, Murphy uh, makes that, you know, they, they transition him over to uh, to running, you know, the, the, the bigger shows, if you will, and uh, on Raw and whatnot. And, you know, has, has a nice singles push there and then has a really good, you know, uh, run there with uh, Seth Rollins, right? Yeah, yeah, I really dug that. Aside from the whole, you know, Aaliyah Mysterio thing, I, I really, I really enjoyed him with Seth Rollins. Yeah, no, I, I, hundred percent, and I, he, he's another one that you know, super talented. Um, I, I, I think the his his downfall was always going to be, and again, this is my opinion. You know, if you're a Murphy fan, I'm sorry. Um, but there's, you know, a handful of wrestlers like him. 
And I'm not not saying that in the sense of, you know, they look like him, the same move set or whatever. To me, there was nothing unique about him that made him stand out. He wasn't right. different. He wasn't different enough to, you know, have that other, you know, that's just my opinion. Right. To me, he was he was a good mid-card hand. He wasn't, you know, he was never going to be in the world championship picture, but he was a, a solid, uh, you know, like, like I said, a solid mid-card guy to have there, uh, lower to mid-card guy. But I thought you could mix him in with, with a Seth Rollins. You could mix him in with other, you know, main event talent. And he, he was able to play up to their level. Um, but like you said, nothing, nothing by himself. But hopefully, we, hopefully that was just, again, a, you know, a symptom of being stuck with WWE creative. Exactly. Hopefully when he steps to wherever he goes next, because somebody's going to sign him, you know, hopefully he's able to, to blow up and show us all, you know, why he was signed in the first place. Yeah. Show us more yeah. of that NXT match. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so moving on, we've got a couple more here. Um, Ruby Riot, Heidi so, Lovelace. Was that her? That's her indie name. Indie name. Okay. 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 Yeah. I, I, for whatever reason, I, I did not know that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Which is so. sad, but. So, uh, do you want to speak on this one? What do you? Would you think of this? Uh, this release. I hate it, man. Honestly, again, this is more. I mean, it's been slowly happening. I, I really expect the, you know, the next shoe will drop. Liv Morgan will be soon. And I hope that, that I hope that I'm wrong. Hope that I'm wrong. But I really enjoyed the Riot Squad, especially when they had Sarah Logan and they were a three-woman team and they were able to mess stuff up. I really enjoyed them. I enjoyed it with just Liv and uh, Ruby Riot. But I, honestly, you know what? WWE doesn't know, number one, what to do with tag teams to begin with, whether they're male or female. And when you throw in the fact that they're women in there, they really don't know what the hell to do with them. So I'm not surprised. I'm sad. But what I'm hoping is that this exodus of female tag team talent ends up going, all going to the same place. So whether that's um, Impact or whether that's AEW or whether that's a separate, a, a new women's promotion, women's only promotion. I'd be cool with that just because it's going to give them such a strong tag team division. Yeah, no. And AEW and no disrespect to any of the talents over there. I know they could, they could use some, some good hands. Oh yeah. Um, so that would be a, that would be a big boost um, there. Um, and speaking of, there's another one here. I, I don't know too much other outside of a handful of matches in NXT over the years. Um, I think the, the uh, Santana Garrett, she's been in and out. I'll be honest with you. I'm not too familiar with anything she's done recently. Um, just haven't kept up with the product enough to know other than I've saw her on and off NXT for quite some time. Um, so I do know that she's very talented. I don't know. Do you know anything about her work recently? No, no. I, that's what I was going to say is I'm not very familiar with her work. Um, I mean, I just, I just hate to see it. I, I you know, I hate to see people, signed to the company and losing their jobs but um you know that's it just seems to be the way that it's going right now right and that, and, I, and again i hate to kind of put it this way but if, if we didn't mention stroman alistair black lana murphy ruby riot and this was just about saint santa garrett we probably want to be having this conversation right now right um, right and that, nothing that against, just, nothing no no it. no it's just kind of like that would be a that would be a typical wwe spring release right 
um, you know, nothing, just nothing for her, just another one of those that's talented and, and maybe, um, you know, hopefully she'll show up in AEW or somewhere else and really, you know, prove, uh, prove them wrong. So we did last week, we did what if they sold. And, you know, I'm really in that mindset of, you know, hey, wow, look at this today, especially with the, the, the big names, you know, thrown out there today prepping for a sale uh, that's that's it but you, uh, you you might have a different thought on this what do you think so i was reading an, an article on um wrestling headlines.com the former lords of pain.net um and somebody, I love <laughs> somebody brought up a good point uh, and i i can't remember the guy's name and i, I kind of want to go see if i can find it um but without spending too much time trying to to get you the person's name they were saying that, you know, this this could all of this um, talking about the, the releases and saying that it's leading to a sale and everything. If you look at it, maybe that's not necessarily the case. And the case, what I'm looking at is and where it, where it makes sense is. um. Okay, so this is going to be Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics. Okay. So, and basically, the gist of it is, WWE had over 300 wrestlers under contract last year and going into this year. All right? So 300 people. This last week on television, about 78 of them were used in some capacity. If it was either in the ring or whether it was in a background shot or in a promo, that kind of thing, or even in the crowd mm-hmm. for NXT. So what do you need 300 wrestlers for? That's a good point. That's a good point. So, I mean, the the cynical wrestler, wrestling correction, the cyn- cynical wrestling fan is what he calls it, is saying that, we need to look at this at face value and see it as, look, Vince isn't going to sell because Vince is never going to want to give up control of it. And what would Vince do if he sold? Right? Right. So the other thing is, he said, when WWE, when WWE was initially signing all of these people, it was kind of, it was not only a way to bolster their roster but it was also a way for them to kind of step in the way of aew or new japan or ring of honor stepping in and signing them. you know and and we're impact hey you know what at this point and i'm not i'm not going to discount impact because they're having the crossover with aew and it's doing good things for so or nwa power you know so you've got all these other organizations that you were trying to kind of freeze out and that, that didn't work out for you. So now you've got new leadership in place and with new leadership comes new ideas on how things should be run because they have hired a whole lot of new behind the scenes people. Yeah. It's interesting. So, all right. Uh, You you actually mentioned new Japan. Did you see the article within the last week or so about the potential partnership there? Yes, that sir. was that was an indicator that I thought, well, if there's really working on something there, and I think Meltzer was the one that reported it, um, which he's pretty credible in the wrestling world. Um, 
if that's a really partnership they're looking at, then yeah, maybe they really aren't going to try selling it. So um, that's interesting. You know, um, I, I kind of thought that the other thing, and one of the big things we hit last week, we looked at the business side of it more than anything else. We talked about potential buyers. I look at the, um, the stock price right now and it's about $56 a share, which is up $10 a share since February of this year's just four months ago. Um, cutting a lot of talent, but not losing a lot of stock price here. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I still, part of me thinks um, that we were on to something last week. And again, we were, we were, we were really just kind of spitballing if you will. But um, I think part of this still maybe prepping for a sale at some point. Uh, I think we, we see something here within the next six months, um, you know, whether that's a, a true sale or, you know, Vince, you know, relinquishing his, you know, maybe he's no longer CEO type deal. Uh, something happens because I really think there's two big things to me that really stick out. We talked about this last week. One was the transition of the network to Peacock. Um, and two uh, the just the, the mass release of, of off-screen or main backstage talent. Um, just because, like you said, you're kind of like tightening it up a little bit, you know, eliminating some of the redundancy. Um, I think that, that kind of, you know, preps it a little bit. Um, but the, the one thing, and I, I kind of sidebar here, one thing I didn't realize, um, were you aware that the, uh, the, the network to Peacock thing was only in the U.S. You know what? Now that you mention it, I, I do remember hearing that. Um, but I, I didn't know how it played out anywhere else. I just I, I remember hearing that as, as like an aside and just kind of socking it away, but not really processing it. Yeah. So as much as I, 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 I use that as a catalyst into thinking that, you know, they're still going to try to sell it in the next several months, whatever. I thought about that and I was like we're just one country, even though this is where like their home is, there's a huge worldwide base out there for, for the WWE. Right. And it's not like the network went away, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, not for I, them. <laughs> no, I got to correct you though. Um, Cause you said, you know, it's a worldwide company. It, you need to use the right nomenclature. It is the WWE universe. Tom. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So when are we going to have our first Mars champion? Listen, I I keep waiting for some stupid crap like that to be like, oh, it's it's the hell in a cell on Mars. Hey, look, it's it's those red lights that Bray Wyatt used to use when he was the fiend. No, oh, everything we're on Mars now. That's why it's red. And then they have like the little like somebody drive a little remote control Mars rover down to the ring. Don't give them any ideas. <laughs> That's way too creative for WWE creative. Trust me. So, all right. So I think we, <laughs> we kind of put this one down and this is something we can revisit too. Um, obviously if a sale ends up ever going through, yeah. Um, you know, then, Hey, we were onto it. <laughs> um, but if well, not it, just anything... us either, cause, cause I mean, you pointed it out to me, you sent me a, a little uh, screenshot of the blue meanie posting it on Facebook and he's far from the only wrestler to post that. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, CM Punk did. CM Punk also also called um, WWE a shit company, but you know, 
<laughs> I, I don't necessarily disagree with him. Uh, but Joel Gertner, the quintessential stud muffin, he also mentioned it. He said, if this isn't cleaning up for a sale, what is it? You know? Yeah, and, I, and, and, and actually the, the thing I sent you, um, I noticed it off of uh, uh, Conrad Thompson's uh, Twitter um, who does podcasts with pretty much every wrestling personality on the planet. Um, not really sure how he holds down a regular job these days, um, but he does, you know, podcasts with Arn and Jeff Jarrett and Tony Schiavone and Eric Bischoff. Um, and, and his most famous one with Bruce Pritchard. Um, how, and how Bruce Pritchard still does a podcast to these days is remarkable. Oh God. Yeah. I don't even get started on that. So but anyway, <laughs> we'll, let's put the WWE thing to rest. Um, there are a couple other things though that we did discuss that you know, um, well, uh, kind of came back in the news. We and, and before we get into your, we'll, we'll have to f- close out this episode with a, a 2K5 update. But before we get there, we uh, did an episode uh, several months ago about our top 10 sports games, and one of the games that we talked about was NCAA football. Sure enough, it was around that same time that EA Sports announced something. Yeah. And what did they announce? <laughs> they're they're going to be bringing NCAA football back. Um, <laughs> I'd like to think that we had something to do with that, that all 20 of you who listened to the first half of that podcast, or was it, was it, did we mention in the first half or the second half? Because like the first half had like 20 listeners, second half, I think had like 15. So somewhere along the, the line, I think it was the first half because it was one of the first games that we talked about. Okay, so one of the 20 people who listened went on to EA and was like, yo, listen, these guys are smart. You got to you know, do this. And they did it. Clearly, that's I mean, that's obviously the way that things happen. And, and you can't convince me otherwise. No, exactly. I mean, hey, it's not it's not a game for what, like a decade. Right. And all of a sudden they're talking about it after we talked about it. I don't know. That's not well, coincidence, friends. No. But another game that we talked about. So we did another one, another episode uh, in like obscure gaming. Um, what not not too long ago, right? You had mentioned the game Time Splitters, and what was recently announced about a possibility there? Oh, oh, would it be that they're remaking the studio so that they can remake time or make a new Time Splitters? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. So. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Tom, we're all right. So here's here's what's going to happen next. Now, uh, Tom, you're you're going to find a whole bunch of money, and and I'm I'm going to find a whole bunch of money, or win the lottery, or one of us is going to win the lottery, and yeah, and and that's that's what's going to happen next, probably, if I had to guess. Oh man, yeah, I, I need <laughs> I need I need all I can get right now. So yeah, just. Uh, Maybe it'll start raining dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, it, listen, but we got to be careful. This could be like that monkey's paw thing, you know. It says like, oh, it's it's raining dollar bills. Yeah, well, a tornado just hit the bank that everything you had was kept in, and now everyone has your dollar bills. Oh, dude, no, my luck, I would rear end the Brinks truck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, listen, I mean, if stuff happens to go in your pocket, uh, nobody sees it, and uh, no harm no now. No, on the other side of my luck, it would be a die pack. Oh, that's oh yeah, that, that wouldn't be fun. I hear the I hear those burn and are very hard to scrub off. I definitely do not know any of that from personal experience. Uh, but those are those are two of the funny things that you know we had talked about. It was kind of like you know, you know, uh, I, I jest because it's like yeah, we we obviously don't have 
you know, this huge fan base, but all of a sudden it's like we talk about something and then in some stuff that like hasn't been around for years, you know, I know NCAA football more than time splitters has always been, you know, kind of talked about. It's like, why did they get rid of it? Bring it back. You know, right. I've seen that time and time again, but it's like all of a sudden, and it was right after we talked about it. Well, and so, you know, clearly again, it's just that we are the tastemakers. That's right. So that's right. we just need to, people need to realize that and pay us like it. That's right. So, um, so speaking of, speaking of things like that though, um, E3 is coming up and have you heard the, the scuttlebutt regarding the, the Nintendo announcement that's going to be made? Oh yeah. So I, I completely forgot. I wanted to, yeah, no, it's funny. I wanted to put this down as a note, actually. It's funny you say this. Something about a Switch Pro? Yeah. So uh, I believe we talked not too long ago, maybe on the Obscure Gaming podcast. I don't remember which episode it was, but I know we talked about them discontinuing the system on a chip that the base Switch is currently made on, uh, which led to some discussion over well all right if they're not doing that anymore they're clearly not going to go with the switch light as their primary system going forward right what are they going to do and it turns out what they're going to do is release a switch pro with a seven inch samsung screen it's going to be able to do 1080p in handheld mode and it's going to be capable of 4k when docked um it's going to have its own new dock, whether that dock is going to have any kind of like GPU assistance or anything like that in it. I don't know. I know that the dock size is a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit thicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe it's going to have an ethernet port and better, um, a higher grade USB port. Um, not, it's going to still have the USB C, but I, I forget what, lo- uh, what, um, yeah, are they? Because I, I wondered that. Are they? There's. They've got to be USB 3.0s in the. I'm assuming. And they're probably maybe because what 3.1. I'm not sure what the. Uh, I know there's there's a very slight difference because there's like generation two 3.1 and. Um, it's it's basically just a speed difference is all right. it is, um, and I'm sure there's some kind of like compatibility or, you know, connectivity things. But USB generally, outside of USB C, because um, you know obviously that's that's you know been so prone for pretty much every device now made is uh, uses it for charging. But the 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 the, the other typical USB um, uh, that you know that we're all com- uh, accustomed to generally just has to do with a speed thing. So right, th- that might that might be it. So there, so that's you know that portion of it. The other nice thing is it is going to still obviously work with all your old Switch games that you have now. Uh, it'll be compatible with the Joy-Cons. What I'm hoping for is that we've got an upgraded uh, joystick in the Joy-Con so that it doesn't keep on having Joy-Con drift, but we'll see about that. That would be nice. Um, um, yeah, maybe We talked about that different. before. so <laughs> yeah, Maybe even a little different form factor to the Joy-Con. I don't know. That That's just speculation on my part. I can't imagine they'll change it too much if they do change it at all, just based on it being Nintendo. Um, but definitely a, a smaller bezel around the screen has been um, called out. And it's actually been listed on Amazon and pulled down. Yeah, so, so. There's, there's some... 
Yeah, there's there's definitely some uh, where, there, where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, so there's some credibility to to what it's going to have. The um, the one thing that I I don't know. I still, you know, we talked about this before with the Switch. Was that the hardware uh, initially when it was released was was basically outdated then? So I I just wonder how far they're going to go with this. Um, you know, is it going to be? Hey, is this going to carry for two three more years? Uh, what's what's their what's their end game here? Because the Switch as a as a device and as a as a generational system. Uh, it's got a lot of lot of teeth in in it because it's just so popular. But I think the tech has to keep, or they have to keep up with some of the tech, um, honestly, um, just because of you know speeds and you know, well, you know, battery life. That's that's something certainly the the original Switch is just what two three hours tops. Yeah, and and that's what you know one of the things that they're going to have to fix, and and again. Nintendo has never really been, they've never been the specs company as far as hardware is concerned. Uh, not since, you know, they kind of gave that up when um, when the Wii came out. They said, you know what, we're not going to compete on, on performance. We're going to compete on the fun and the innovation that we can create. With the Switch, they've done that, but you can tell there's some games, you know, people want, People don't want to buy multiple systems anymore. They will, and some do. I do. You do. But the average gamer wants to buy one system and have it be their go-to. Exactly. And so for them, what I would really ideally like to see, and I don't know how you do it in that form factor, but I'd like to see them have something that can at least compete with what you're seeing on um, – what we were seeing with the with the Xbox One and what we were seeing with the PS4. Exactly. So yeah, and it's such a great such a great point that you uh, uh, that you said that. I have, like I said, I've said this before in our podcast. I have Skyrim for uh, PlayStation. I also have it for the Switch. It came out in 2011, so you're talking about a 10 year old game. And as much as I love the Switch. You know, and I play on I I I'll play Skyrim on the Switch, and it's it's a nice, clean game. It, it's certainly not as 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 pretty as uh, Breath of the Wild is. Uh, I'm, I'm putting out there graphically, but then you compare it to Skyrim on PS4, it's night and day. You know, it's just completely different, and we're talking about the same game. Right. You know, you can you can see the choppiness at times. You know, yeah, it, it's it's certainly it's awesome because it's portable. Don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining about that. But you, there's a difference, you know. And again, I'm I'm using a game that's yeah, yeah, it's a giant game that's you know, yeah, you know, uh, certainly fantastic graphics and it's been upscaled over time. But you know, there's 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 a difference there, and so that, that, that's what I mean whenever we're talking about you know the the the, the original Switch that was released. I'm not talking about the Switch Lite, but the Switch that, you know, we all have and that we can dock and pull out and, you know, play, you know, portable, whatever. Low battery life, um, you know, graphics, just, that's not obviously what you said, Dan. That's not what they were shooting for, um, but just not not quite up to snuff, not what I'd like to see. I'm, I'm, in, I'm exactly with you on that. I want to see something more comparable to um, the last generation Xbox or PS4. Right. 
So now stick them with the, uh, the Nintendo route here for, for a couple more minutes. Um, oh, first of all, just in case you haven't seen, uh, their E3 Nintendo Direct will be on June 15th at noon. So you can, tr- you can check that out. It's going to be a 40-minute video, supposedly, to dig in on some stuff, some new titles and whatnot. And then there's going to be a Treehouse Live afterwards that's going to have, I think, like three hours or something like that of, of content. So there's going to be a lot of information coming out on June 15th. Um, the other thing that the rumors are, and I don't know how true this is, we'll have to see, um, but the rumors are that they're going to announce the Switch Pro prior to that, prior to the start of E3, so that everybody that's developing games for it can show their games at E3, and people won't be like, well, what system is this coming out for? Because they'll know, you know, obviously it should be that kind of leaps and bounds above what's out now that what they're going to be showing you'll know couldn't be run on the current switch hardware. Yeah, no. And it actually gives me a, gives me a good idea. I say we, uh, here in a couple of weeks after E3 happens, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to talk about that. I think that'd be a good episode. Absolutely. So then the other, the other Nintendo news before I sound like I'm a, a Nintendo rep, um, did you happen to see, and this goes back to another episode we did, um, did you happen to see that they have officially jumped in the esports realm for specifically for high schools? I did, and um, looked at uh, Smash Brothers, right? Smash Brothers and Splatoon Two. Yes, yes, yeah, I did. Uh, wow, I mean, it's funny because the um, our uh, esports uh, club was doing Smash and Mario Kart um tournaments so it's it's so cool to see like just that you know that extra you know hey we we see what this is about and now now we're really gonna put our eggs into this too it's really cool yeah and it's it's cool because they're they're giving out hardware and software to the schools too for schools that get involved so it's you know I'm hoping that that this leads to other companies, you know, let's get Microsoft involved, let's get Sony involved and let's let's really see far, see how far we can take this thing. That could be yeah. really cool. Yeah, and and, and they're taking um, you know, not with the fact that that's their games, it's their software. There are there have been some companies um, that you know, we've actually had a furniture donation um, because our club um, with our coach uh, Brock, who you know has done done an episode with you guys here, us here, um, he uh, was able to get some some desks and chairs through a company because they did some presentations and they just donated everything after the presentation. Oh no, kidding! So um, and I can't remember the name of it offhand. My, that's just my just <laughs> my 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 bringlishing out, if you will, this this hour of the day. Um, so it's, but it's cool that other, you know, people, especially big outfits are really starting to latch on, uh, at the school level with it. Um, because that's, that's been one of those things. It's like, you know, kind of, a, you know, eh, yeah, no, I get it. And I don't. And now it's like, Hey, now we're all in. So, um, it's, it's just, it's good to see. So. But let's uh, let's close this up here. You did have something for us that was interesting. You and I always kind of chit chat about this, and uh, we exchanged some interesting texts. And this has been a kind of a recurring theme of the uh, podcast here that we just kind of splice in and out of shows. 
but ESPN NFL 2K5, um, which, you know, remains one of my favorite games, and I know it's, you know, obviously one of yours. Yes. Um, so before you get into where you're at now with it, what happened to, <laughs> <laughs> to get you to that point? So, um, you know, when we were talking about the strange glitches and stuff that, that happened and one of the big things that would happen is um, the first page of my playbook, the very first um, formation that I could go into was completely screwed up. It had players lined up across the line of scrimmage like it was all jacked up and it, it made rendered an, an entire formation unusable. So what would happen is I got to the point and I believe that I was in the 2010 season, 2010 or maybe 2011. And I'd gone through the preseason. Um, maybe, no, you know what? I, maybe it was the first preseason game. So it was the first preseason game. And I'm going to start. I, you know, I, I kick the ball off, recover the onside's kick. So I always go for an onside's kick on, on the first, on the opening kickoff if I win the toss because I'm just an idiot like that. Um, and then I get to the offensive screen so I can pick a, so I can pick a play and the game freezes. I'm like, huh, okay, well, I mean, it's been a little glitchy here and there and, and I've had game, the game freeze multiple times at multiple different points let me restart it well we do this or i do this 10 times and every time freezes at the same point so you broke it i broke it i broke the game now because i got a high score it's it's it, it just it broke so you hit the uh, what do they call it the kill screen on Donkey Kong, kind of essentially. Like yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah. I hit the kill screen. That was the first thing that uh, came to mind whenever you texted me that. I was like, yeah, it's kind of like the kill screen at Donkey Kong. Yeah. Um, but here, but I actually had a, I had a, a, another question for you on that. Do you think it was the game itself? You know, hey, you literally hit like you maxed out everything you could do with it, or it was just you know, hey, for whatever reason, you drafted your team xyz this way um and you know there was something there that just held it up after a while uh so honestly i think what it was is i screwed around with my um screwed around with my roster a little bit too much probably um so what i did is during one of the games i noticed that um i was having i was losing like starters and important players on special teams and so after I lost Brian Dawkins on a kickoff return, uh, I said, screw this. And I went into the um, went into the substitution screen where you can pick who's at what position on each play. Mm -hmm. And I started just being a jackass with it. And I started putting linemen and I put the punter out there on kickoffs. Like the punter was not to not to kick off. The punter was out there to be on you know, the kickoff team and try and make the tackle. And apparently the game hated that. And yeah. so what it started doing from then on was it started 
every time I'd start the game, I would have to remember to move the kicker back to the kicking position because what it would do is it would put the punter as my kicker, but not just on kickoffs. It would do it for field goals and extra point tries too. So, and that's what, it's funny. That's why I asked that question. I, I just wondered that it's like, hey, did you find like the secret formula to break it? Um, you know, and I, I only asked this because this reminds me, and I'm pretty certain I mentioned this before on one of our shows here. It'd be the Obscure Gaming show. But in one of the games that I had mentioned on that episode, um, Heroes of Might and Magic 2, I, I had mentioned that I always play as a necromancer. And I realized this has nothing to do with football. <laughs> Does it? Um, well, mutant league, no, whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but in that game, uh, when you build your army of skeletons, you basically you put you put them in sets. And if you hit a certain number over 31,000, it automatically crashes the game. Huh. But only at 31,000. That's it. Once you hit that number, you're done. That's so you can, break, you can break them up 30,000, 30,000, 30,000, 30,000, whatever. But as soon as you hit 31, I forget what the number is, like 31, 258 or something, it crashes the game every time. So that, that's what I wondered. It's like, what did you do to do that? That's I mean, why I asked. It could be that. It also could be the fact that, I mean, I was playing it for a while. I was making ridiculous amounts of trades. I was making ridiculous amounts of like roster moves because I don't, I don't know how much you've played that game as far as into franchise modes, but like the, the, the other teams will make some stupid ass decisions. Like I ended up getting uh, at one point this season that I'm playing now, cause I had to restart. I had to restart. I did a redraft. I did everything all over again. Um, but at one point I was able to pick up Travis Henry, Ontario Smith and Kelly Washington because they got cut from their teams because they were hurt during training camp. So the first week of the season, they were sitting on the free agent wire and I scooped them up and I just waited until they became healthy. Oh, and Greg Spires, defensive end too. Um, they were all just cut from their teams and I was able to sign them. They're all like middle to upper echelon players in that game. And they were better than some of the players I drafted. So I was able to scoop them up. And I don't know if it was just because I was I've I, I screw around with everything because I'm con I treat it like fantasy football and I'm constantly tweaking my team until I get it just the way I want it. But I'm always right. scouring the free agent, you know, the free agent wires, see if they made any stupid cuts. Um, and before week, you know, before week six of the, of the season, I'm always screwing around with the rosters trying to see, okay, well I can sign this player and trade them to the dolphins and I can get a seventh round pick and then I can package that seventh round pick with two other seventh round picks and get a sixth round pick. And then if I trade these two sixth round picks that I have for this year, I can get a fifth round pick next year. And, you know, I'm constantly going around and, and playing mad scientist with it. And I remember doing that a lot with that game because they, they do do that. You can, you know, uh, the, 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 the AI CPU, whatever is very accustomed to, Oh, I see two sixth round picks. I'll give you a fifth round pick. Yeah. Like no problem. They'll do it all the time. And you, you can end up with like, so many first and second round picks like if you play it long enough to do that <laughs> dude i think i think going into this draft i have four first round picks and four second round picks yeah that doesn't surprise me <laughs> so like and then i don't have i don't ha i don't have any picks the rest of the draft i have eight draft picks but they're all in the first and second round so 
you know, you can see, obviously I'm screwing around with it and, and taking advantage of trade logic and all that stuff. So maybe it is my fault a little bit. Maybe it's not faulty game uh, code, but I will say I did run into an issue that, it, and it was funny because I had just read about it too, because I was, I was looking to see if anybody else had any issues with the glitches that I was experiencing. And um, when I went online in the one forum, they were talking about a glitch where if you're running back, if you, if you do a running play and you run the ball and you're, and somebody clips, so like you get a penalty for clipping, not only does it subtract the penalty yardage from your total yardage, like your that player's rushing yardage, mm-hmm. it'll also subtract all of the yards they got. So, like for instance, what I had was, um, I had Brian Westbrook, and Brian Westbrook broke off a, a I believe it was like a fifty-yard run, and then we got the fifteen-yard penalty for clipping. So next thing I know, Brian Westbrook has negative 65 yards rushing. Oh, huh. So that's a, that's a glitch that you'll run into. Huh. That's interesting. I, I was like saying things like that because it, 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 it kind of points out, you know, to me anyway, and as much of a sports fan as I am, as much of a nerd as I am, like the, the coding issues, Cause that's obviously what it is. You know, there's right. some, something wrong with the code somewhere along the way. Um, you know, that didn't, didn't quite make past all the testers, <laughs> you know, cause maybe they, because, you know, if you think about it, those type of games, you're always going to have scenarios that like, you know, are so specific to, because there's just so many possibilities. Yeah. So, you know, you run through all those, um, you know, different drafts and different players and different things like you've done, you play over a certain amount of time, you know, no one, no one else did that, you know? So that's why that, again, it goes back to why it's like, do you think it was something that you did or the game itself? So I'm curious to see if it happens again, if you yeah. play, that, play it that long. I, I'll, oh, dude, trust me. I'm going to be playing it because now I'm in, I am, dedicated to getting back to that point so i can see if the same thing happens so i know whether or not it's it was a one-off thing if it was because i screwed with the the formations and everything or or if it's just built into the code now the other thing is i'm not playing on an original xbox i'm playing on an xbox 360 with backwards compatibility Mm -hmm. and so there were certain games that while you could play them there were some some issues in the emulation or, or whatever you want to call it so I don't know if it's actually built into the game or if it's an if it's an issue with playing it on the 360. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, well, it certainly crashes more on the 360 than I remember it crashing on the the original Xbox. That's interesting. You may be onto something there too. Hmm. Um, but well, uh, I, th- I think we hit all the uh, stuff we wanted to do uh, this this week. I'd. Um, I'll be on vacation next week, so I don't know that we'll have anything for y'all. But <laughs> yeah, I, I've got doctor's appointments pretty much every day, but I'm not working too. So I think next week we'll be on hiatus, most yes. likely. I might pop on with Peyton for something, but other than that, I think uh, next week will be a hiatus, and we will uh, return with great power and furious anger and E3 news. Yes, uh, let's do that. Let's 
we'll plan that out. That'll be our next episode. We'll do E3, unless we have a brilliant idea beforehand that just uh, we're able to, to collab on. We'll, uh, we'll do E3. I think that's a great next step. And um, in between, um, you know, we'll, uh, uh, I'll be away. Uh, if you have some, something with Peyton, you know, we'll, we'll bring that your way. Um, otherwise, we're going to, uh, I don't know, I think this is uh, this was a good one. What do you think? I, I agree. I think this is a good, if this is a good, uh, uh, a stopping point for now for uh, while we take a little break for a couple weeks, I think this is a good stopping point. I think we'll come back better than ever. Yes, sir. I agree. Or, you know, just as bad as we were before, but just, you know, a couple weeks older. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Four out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> Four out of 10. Four out of 10. It's about right. Uh, hey, maybe by then Vince will have sold. Hey, maybe by maybe or maybe by then we'll have found our we'll have found our big sacks of money, dude. If he announces at E three that he's selling, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody should pay us, goddamn it. <sighs> All right. Uh, well, um, we are the Noise Brigade. Um, we are the Noise Tradamus. That's right, Noise Tradamus. Yeah. <laughs> I only say that I like that hashtag Nostradamus time splitters and yeah. NCAA football. Will the WWE sold? Maybe you'll find we'll out. We'll have to see. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening.